Welcome to the Full 60 featuring Craig Custance and presented by The Athletic. Each week, we'll dive into the biggest stories in hockey while bringing in unique voices to entertain and explain all aspects of the game. Hey, this is Craig, and welcome to this week's episode of the Full 60. I'm already like laughing, Judd, because I've been looking forward to doing this. We've been talking about having you on this podcast for at least a year, and we are finally able to pull it off. My guest this week is Judd Moldaver, who is, and I want to get this right, Juddy, Senior Vice President and Co-Head of Wasserman's Hockey Division. Was that close? Did I get your title? I don't, I don't want to mess up your title. It's, there's a lot of words in there. I think, Craig, you should get into the representation business. <laughs> you do? I do. Uh, look at that. Look at that intro. I'm, I'm that was good. flattered to be on. Well, I appreciate it. And we have a lot of ground to cover. And, and, and I think you and I have known each other for a while. But I, I want to start right off the hop, kind of in the moment. Because hockey, it's been, it's been just pandemonium since hockey's returned. We've had the bubbles. We've had multiple draft lotteries. And I always want to get your opinion. A, what's it like been to, to watch these games from your perspective? And what kind of feedback? Because I loved the um, qualification round. What kind of feedback? I mean, you're, you're talking to players constantly. Are you getting from how this has gone from your guys? Yeah, I think, you know, like like every hockey fan in the world, it's it's been an exciting time. Um, you know, a lot of credit, obviously, to the, the NHLPA and the NHL and, and all the players and, and people that were involved to – actually get this thing off the ground um it's it's clear it's a time in the world that it's it's a challenging time for everybody and and obviously to have hockey back and you know um as much as i'm i'm lucky to to work in the business it's you know i'm a fan of the game like everybody else and you know it's been really exciting and it's it's been fun to watch it has been good and and i'm always curious because i mean you've had you have some prominent guys going. So, right, you've got, you know, Roman Yossi, Carter Hart, Austin Matthews. And and especially, like, how when you have guys going against each other, or, like, are you watching it from a team perspective? Is it purely, like, let me watch my guys and, you know, shoot them a text and, and encourage them? Like, what's what's your, like, viewing, like, routine? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's the right question. I mean, you know, I, I think of all of, of our clients as, as family and you're, you're rooting for all of them to, to do the best they can for themselves and for their team and uh, to ultimately win and, and achieve what, what they're all trying to achieve, which is a Stanley Cup. And so obviously when you, you're seeing clients um, playing against each other, you know, you're just hoping everybody does well and you can't really control the results. So it's, it's, uh, it's exciting to see and you know, more looking at it from the perspective of wanting our, our guys to do well. And uh, even when they go up against each other, it's it's fun to watch and see guys compete. And, uh, you know, credit to our, our players and and how they handle it and know, hey, we're, we're working for all of them, and yet we're, yeah. we're rooting for all of them as well. It's You mentioned kind of crediting the players. I, I've, like, there was another round of results, the COVID results, another zero uh, positive tests. Um, I got to say, like, I, I wasn't optimistic about any of this, especially early on. Then it was like, well, maybe if they can get to Canada, it's going to work. And to see that happen, it, it, I w- you know, I would be curious, did, like, what was your faith level that this would happen? Like, be, like realistically, give me like a percentage. Yeah, I can tell you that I, w- I was a believer from the beginning. And I, I don't say that to... Come on. Yeah, you honest. know, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm playing... Uh, you know, Monday morning quarterback type yeah. stuff. And, and you know, I, I maybe I believed it 
just because I wanted to believe it, right? I, I don't say it in the context that I knew it would happen or was saying it in absolute terms. I just, perhaps it was, you know, my psychological mechanism to be like, wait, you know, if, if we're playing hockey at some point, it means the world's, you know, uh, getting into a little bit of a better place. So I, yeah. I think that it was just the, call it blind optimism, um, wishful thinking, whatever phraseology you want to apply. I, I really did always believe we're, were there moments like like anything where you know to no fault of anyone's just circumstantially given the obvious state of the the world yeah right, right there were right. moments but yeah i i can tell you that i i really believe that that we were always going to play you did all right I, you are i guess you're an optimist by nature a little bit are you yeah i you think are. so i got i got my moments of uh <laughs> of uh Paranoid pessimism, that's for sure. But I, I, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to think I, I am an optimist. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that, Craig. I appreciate that. All right, good. Uh, I want to. So, what are your guys, Carter Hart, still going? And that seems fascinating to me. But even the kid himself, right? Like, you know, a young player on a big stage at a position um, that you know, typically, and in a city where the history isn't great at that position. Um, how you know? How how has he been holding up? Like, how are you coaching him along in these in these big moments? Yeah, well, look, obviously, always biased for our clients, and and yeah. you know, always always rooting for them. But you know, I think trying to be as objective as possible. Uh, obviously, his play on the ice, I think, is has spoken for itself in in his career to to date. And uh, I think what's also so impressive about Carter is is how he carries himself off the ice. Um, you know he's he's great. Yeah, he's. I'm sure you know from being you and, and covering him and covering players. He's, you know, he's got an X factor. The way he uh, he handles himself, um, he's a true pro, and I and I think everyone's been feeling that vibe. So it's been awfully exciting to see him compete. Um, they've got a really good club in Philly. I mean, everybody who is in is a good club, and yeah, it's it's been obviously really thrilling to watch him and excited to see uh, the next round. It, it's good for him it because, like, you have interesting players that you're working with. And not only that, you have personalities, right? Like, Austin's got his personality. Roman certainly does. Carter, like, I think is a future star. Um, and, and when you have a stage like this, you have an opportunity to really kind of expand on that. So, and we've seen, like, especially with Austin, like, you guys have you guys have there's been some marketing that has been it's been outside of the game it's been unique like what's your just in general terms what's your jetty what's your philosophy on that like in terms of exposing these guys letting them be themselves showing their personality and and doing it you know in gq or whatever yeah no i i feel really lucky obviously to work with all the guys that that we work with and and i, I guess the philosophy is is really treating everybody like the individual that they are you know, everyone's a little bit different in their interests and their passions and, and whatever appetite they have for, you know, certain verticals or businesses or brands. And, you know, really lucky Shane Bowers is a client as well, who's, who's you yeah. know, part of Colorado and and he's into different things. Obviously, Austin, as we know, is is extremely stylish and, and forward thinking and same thing with Roman and and. You know Carter as well. I think you know as as a goalie, and I've I've worked with a couple goalies over the years. It's, um, you know he's he's very interesting, and and I think the philosophy is is really you know understanding the guys right, and and understanding yeah, yeah. what what makes them tick, and and trying to curate 
um, plans or strategies that that fit their personality, whatever that is. Yeah, and and I think with Austin, like he's always been. I, I think we probably crossed paths about the time, and you'll have to correct me. Probably around the time he was kind of weighing what to do in his career before he went to Switzerland. So always a, a kid who's always been willing to, you know. I guess kind of take a risk or, or do something different. Was that like, and you've known, when did you guys meet? Like, when did you start repping him? I met Austin and his family when he was, I guess, 14 years old. Um, hmm. And, you know, credit to, you know, the Matthews and I think, you know, all players um, have support systems that are, are different, family, friends, or otherwise, I think that are important to, you know, them achieving their goals and whatever they do, professional hockey players or otherwise. And, you know, I think that's just how, how Austin has always been. I mean, he's he obviously is an interesting story. It's been well documented, born in California, raised in Arizona, all the stuff that, that is, is interesting, but, but I think well known by a lot of people who, who follow the game and follow him. And, you know, I, I think he, he does everything um, authentically. And I, I think that's what makes him so cool that it's, he just being himself and what it, whether it was, you know, the decision to go play in Switzerland, um, his style off the ice, his style on the ice, you know, um, I think it's a credit to him, him being himself. And I, I encourage him and, and, and all of our clients uh, to be themselves, you know, and I, I think that's shown in, in his personality and his style. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see him being himself because I think that's the key for a lot of people not to conform necessarily to what others want you to do or want you to be doesn't mean you know in general people can't refine things and, and what have you but uh, I think in Austin's case it's it's awesome for the game and and I'm, I'm proud uh, I'm proud of him I'm proud to represent him I and I agree I think it, like having a star player who is is willing to you know to be different and to be himself is key it, it all but sometimes it, it flies in the face of how I mean you grew up I mean, you know the game. You know the culture of the game. I think sometimes it flies in the face of what traditionally has been done, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's going to be pushback. Yeah, I, I think, like, in any profession, and if we're talking about professional hockey players, that as long as guys, I think, are committed to their, their responsibility to their their teammates, the uh, coaching staff, their organization, and the fans, and, and they're giving their, their all to, you know, their profession, I think that outside the rink um guys should be exploratory whether they're interested in different businesses or brands or different verticals i i encourage that yeah i mean i mean it's smart and it's kind of across the board in in every sport but it's it you know just it always feels like hockey players are like just that world is is a hair behind what's happening elsewhere but like it one of the one of the topics I want to get in with you was was we talk about Austin going to Switzerland. I think now because of the world we live in, we're seeing a lot of players on loan, even in their draft year, going. You know, I, I think it has to be a consideration because who knows where what kind of hockey is going to be played in North America. Um, like, can you take us through that decision and and like that experience and how you think it would play out for other kids thinking about it now? Sure, I, you know, I think again, I think whether it's off ice, on ice, whether it's a, a young player, um, an older player, and anything in between, you know, again, everyone's path is a little bit different, right? Every, what what what's good for someone may not be good for someone else, and you know, the the stars aligned where that decision made sense for Austin, and and he's been 
you know, he said it before, I've said it before, you know, it was driven by a passion for development, right? It, it obviously had other cool, you know, cultural experience playing in a different, in a different country and different continent, but it was all driven by development. So, um, is that going to be a, an archetype for others to do things? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I, I think that in some cases that'll make sense for an individual in other cases it won't. Um, it's hard for me to look at it as a, as a general prescription. Um, it's more something that if we have a player um, that, that we're, whereby that path right makes sense for uh, the development for that player, we'll look yeah. at it. But yeah. I, I think it's just something that's it's case specific. Um, yeah, I mean, the beauty of it then, and I don't like, like Mark Crawford was the coach. There was so many, there were so many reasons to do it. Do we know where I'm trying to think now? Did do we know where Austin would have gone to college? Did he did he ever say or did you guys ever? I'm trying to think of what the yeah, options no, he, were at the time. He he narrowed it down to you know three four options at the time, and as the uh, you know and obviously was considering the WHL yeah, right, and it was right. not an easy decision, right? Uh, I mean the CHL and the WHL fantastic leagues um, within the CHL, and obviously Division One hockey is. I'm just making the assumption um, he was going to go to college route. Maybe he wasn't. I don't know why I felt like. American, I mean, it was I they, look. They were, yeah. It was all on the table. Yeah. But as the as the Swiss thing started to like pick up steam, uh, you know, that was where the the focus was. So the focus was you know making that happen and getting it done. And so it, it, it almost the other options were were obviously on the table and, and strongly considered. But everything was just so focused on making Zurich work that. Um, it's hard to think back what, what he, where he would have landed, but you know, he narrowed it down to a, to a couple places. And Arizona State was just not quite there yet. That's too bad. What a setup that would have been. Yeah, they're doing a, you know, doing a great job in, in Arizona. The, the program there and is, is, is flourishing from what I can tell, and it's just great. You know, we want hockey to grow, right? We yeah. want to continue to have the, the countries or the regions that are hockey crazy continue to be hockey crazy and, and but also tap into markets that you know are passionate for hockey and and grow the sport. Okay, so two things I want to get. Uh, and you and I talked a little bit um, about the off season, and I and I wrote something for the Athletics saying I think it could be a bit wild. But but before we get there, I do want you to make your Roman Yossi for Norris case for us because it was a it was a topic du jour on this podcast. We had a bunch of players come on making the case for their teammate. I revealed my ballot, and it was Roman. I'm not just saying that because you're listening on the other end here. It was Roman 1, John Carlson 2. Um, but I imagine you have strong feelings about this. Yeah, I do. And, you know, we, we obviously have a great group of people um, at our company. And, and Rick Curran represents, you know, John Carlson. And he's, you know, uh, under our umbrella with our group. And obviously he had a tremendous season, yeah, to say great. the least. Um, there's no question I and you know in Roman's case I mean look I I think those who followed the game and and those who followed Roman Yossi um aren't surprised right as to how good a player he is and I think that the season he had this year you know he plays in all situations um scored goals um controls the flow of the play is a tremendous leader um you know had a significant you know point margin uh, I just think he had a, a magnificent year, and, and you know, I, I think that while there's tons of great candidates, there's only three that get, get on the ballot. I, I think that, you know, Roman, you know, all the things that he does, you know, on the ice during the game, statistically, the leadership, um, you know, I, I 
think he'd be very deserving to, to win the Norris and you know, quite frankly, uh, again, biased with, with all due respect to several players around the league. I, I think he's the best defenseman in the world right now. And that's how I feel. Yeah. he is, And this seems like, I, I've forgotten this was even this year. You guys, gosh, that was so long ago. You guys did a deal with Nashville. And and it's it's crazy because now that it's a completely different system. Um, but that, you know, that that was that was the season right going into this year like that was that was the mm-hmm. thing like what what's what's gonna happen with roman and Nashville? it's do you is there some element of relief that you got that done pre <sighs> before times uh i don't know if relief's the right word i mean <laughs> yeah. obviously uh, obviously super happy for roman and and his wife and you know he's he loves the community in nashville he loves yeah. the state of tennessee he's Obviously, proud to be a predator. It's tremendous respect for um, the Poils and ownership, and loves his teammates. So I, I think you know the goal for our group and in representing Roman and, and doing his deal was was for him to stay in Nashville, and yeah. uh, that was always the goal. And certainly, I think I would say it's we're we're happy and excited that he's there for you know the long run, and we we were able to get it done. Um, Obviously, no one had a crystal ball to what has transpired over the last five, six months. But yeah, yeah I, I think he's super proud to be there, and we're happy uh, that he's going to be there for the long run. He got, just for the record, and you know this, but for the listener, eight years at nine and change. Why 9.059? 9.59. Why? What number That's does a... he wear, Craig? Come on. Oh, my gosh. Duh. I'm an idiot. Why do you... All right. I'm not even going to get into that. You... Craig, you must not be that good at math. Your podcast is called The Full 60. <laughs> But we're gonna talk for forty-five minutes. No, and we what just, if there's over? No, what if there's overtime? Like, I, you guys got to talk to your producer. First of or all, this we is asked a little for, bit. We asked for forty-five minutes because that seems like a more reasonable ask than an hour. And then we just have you talk for an hour, and then we apologize for the extra fifteen. That's it's Jeff's. It's the oldest trick in the book when it comes to booking guests. Sure. There's some trickery. There's some trickery. But you didn't answer. What about overtime or shootouts? We'll have to discuss we that can, offline, we can discuss I suppose. We discuss that offline. All right. Let, let me take a quick break. And I do want to get into the offseason and, and then into how you ended up where you are. We got a lot to get into. Let's take a quick break and we'll jump back in. Today's show is sponsored by Artifact. If you're not familiar with Artifact, it sets you up with one of their professional interviewers to capture stories about important people or things in your life. And essentially, they turn it into a podcast episode about anything you want. It's your own personal podcast episode. Uh, With Artifact, you can capture family history with parents and grandparents. You can talk about friends and family as a birthday, wedding, or anniversary gift. Like, I can't, like, I can't imagine, like, a more unique or cool wedding gift than having people talk about the bride and groom. It's incredible. Uh, Both about how they've made a difference in your life, share hilarious stories, just get a little bit of family history in into um, audio form. It's really cool. And I, I went through the whole process myself. I ordered my first artifact to basically tell the story of my career and my book, Behind the Bench, um, in, in part because I get asked those questions a lot about how, how did I get the start in the business? How did I go from a book idea to having a book in bookstores? And went through a 30-minute interview. I think they're supposed to be 20, but we, prob- we went long and I because I had no issues talking about myself and it was a lot of fun. The process was really cool in, and really the questions that the interviewer had got me talking and thinking about things I hadn't thought of in years, just really fun process or drew some things out that, that I was excited to talk about and share. 
and I really and, and, I, and at some point we're going to share it with you. I think next week. Um, the interview is half an hour, and soon I'm going to be getting a link to listen to it, and we're going to share it on this podcast. And I'm really excited to do that with you guys. So when you're ready to make an artifact of your own, use the code FULL60 to get $40 off your first one. So you go to the website heyartifact.com, use the code FULL60 for $40 off. Go check it out. Check out some of the samples. Um, Think of it as a gift or a way to record some family history. It's one of the most unique things I've ever seen. It's so cool. Just check it out. Go to heyartifact.com and to get $40 off, use the code FULL60. So Judd, on a scale of 1 to 10, how how much chaos you think we're going to see this offseason? Because I've, I've heard a lot of opinions on this. Hmm. Define chaos. So chaos to me is like trades, uh, teams shedding salary, names that were like, oh my gosh, that, that guy just went for that. Um, holdouts because t- teams are worried about what it's going to look like. Uh, slashing payroll, just full on chaos. You know, if I if I had all the answers, I'd I'd be very happy. Um, I, w- I look, it, it's <laughs> it's unique times, right? I mean, the, we we live in a hard salary cap world. Um, I think all thirty one and now thirty two managers. Um, and the management staffs all have challenging jobs, you know, before, you know, COVID and, and in a hard cap system, you're, you're, you know, the cliche word is GMs are always managing their puzzle, which is, which is true. Yeah. Um, obviously the, the challenge is, is that much greater? No, no question. Um, I know my optimism will remain in that while, uh, certain things have to happen. Um, I think the cap will ultimately go up again at some point. Obviously, in the short term, you know, we're, I think everyone has to prepare that that may not be the case. So um, I think there's a, still a lot of time. Obviously, there's still, you know, the playoffs are still going on. I think a lot of teams are still likely to wait till the end of their seasons to evaluate. And I think it'll be interesting, right? I mean, free agency in October is, is foreign to everybody and uh, the draft being then. So I, I think it, I think it'll be exciting. I, I, I think there's a chance for movement. I think like in every season, as much as this is unique times, I think every year, you know, teams try and retool, reconfigure and, and improve. So in some senses, I don't think it's going to be that different. Um, in some senses it will, but I think when you pull back the curtain, it's the same thing. Managers will be trying to make their teams better. Free agents are going to try and get the best deals they can get, RFAs and, and so on and so forth. And I'm sure teams will try and be active and I think it will be exciting. But in, again, in some ways, I, I think it's the same, but it's different because of the timing. Yeah, that, that is weird. Like it's going to take, it's, I mean, it's, it's taking a lot to get used to hockey in august and now we're gonna have you know the free agent frenzy on whatever it is october whatever we got rid of the um window right the, free, the interview window that was just ridiculous yeah i don't think that's uh that's not gonna be part of things going forward so you guys are gonna be doing deals at like noon at one minute in but we're back to those days which is fine well well i hope so <laughs> yeah yeah um all right so, so it's funny. We were talking the other day. Um, we do our annual forty under forty list, which I don't want to give. I don't want to spoil or alert this, but I do believe you are on it. Um, and I and I did ask you, like, how did you end up being an agent? And 
and I was kind of surprised to hear your answer. You you said you were like twelve or thirteen when it kind of hit you. You wanted to be an agent, which I'm not sure at twelve or thirteen I knew what an agent was. How did you get there? Ah, uh, well, yeah. Well, first off, uh, again, I flattered and, and humbled by the inclusion on on the list. So thank you for that. Um, uh, you know, I'm 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 lucky, man. I uh, you know I come from a, a great family. I'm lucky to have great great parents and older brother and sister and you know my my dad's an attorney and my older brother and sister are attorneys as well and so for me growing up in Toronto um, you know hockey was as important to me as anybody in terms of what I did in holidays and what I did you know during summers and and everything and so I always had you know love for the game and um, was thinking about law school and, and you know just from a young age was trying to figure out how I can you know combine my love for hockey and, and sports and, and business. And, and so I just started to look at different things and try and figure out, you know, how, how does one do that? Right. Right, You know, there's a lot of professions which are really challenging to, to get into, but the, the path, um, is more straightforward, right? Like the, 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 the act of actually becoming a, a, prof- a professional in, in many walks is very, again, like I said, very challenging, but the path and how you get there is more publicly understood. I think, you know, there's so many roads and avenues to being um, a representative. And for me, I just, again, uh, my love for hockey, my, my family, my, I just wanted to do it and, and scratched and clawed to figure out how, how I do that, who does that, who, how do you do that? And, right. and I just started asking questions. So that's what, like, it's funny because sometimes, like, I came from a teacher or a family of teachers. So, like, the path to being a teacher was, like, I was like, okay, that's something I can always do. It seemed easy to me just because, um, not that it's an easy job, but I I understood how you become a teacher. I didn't really know. It it took a lot of, like, mentors and and exploration, basically, to to become a sports writer. Because I was like, that just seemed like a job in another world that other people would do. Like, for you... Was it the fact, like, a lawyer's not that, like, you come from a family of lawyers, it's not all that different, right? Like, was, was what, like, what was your first exposure to the business of, of being a rep? Yeah, well, and, and let me, for the record, state that yeah. I am not a lawyer. I'm the only dumb one in, in the family, so. Okay, um, I, yeah, I, I didn't want to give you, you a know, law degree uh, accidentally. Well, like, what did you study? Like, did you, like... Uh, I, I studied, I went to um, Colby College in Maine, it's a small liberal arts school, and I studied, um, you know, government, you know, government structures, international politics, you know, domestic politics, and and things like that, um, which I've always found, obviously, super interesting, mixed yeah. with some, some history, uh, and, and didn't really, you know, didn't academically do anything in the sports realm, right? It was, you know, I went to college and, and studied what I, what I just said, and just obviously playing hockey, loving the game, um, just continue to try and figure things out and, and Google and or Yahoo or whatever it was at the time. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't even remember the startup modem, whatever it was. Uh, you're not that who do- I thought we were on the 40 under 40 list. You might not be, if you're talking about the mod- startup, the modem, how old are you? I, I doctored my ID. I doctored my ID. Um, <laughs> okay. All right, so I want to stay young. Uh, no, I just, it, it was one of those things. It was, it was all kind of organic, right? I had it and I just chipped away and chipped away. Um, I had um, uh, a high school friend whose, whose dad had some connections in, uh, in entertainment, nothing to do with, with sports or hockey, but was connected to a company that was, was doing some, some things in sports. So I just, 
it was an aggregate of steps, you know, that I won't bore you or the listeners with, but I just continued to chip away and try and put myself in situations where I could get exposed to that, that universe. Hmm. Um, I, I guess just to fast forward, if this is answering your question in a better way, I mean, I, I, after my junior year of college, um, I was lucky enough to get an internship um, and I was lived in New York the summer of 2003 and was lucky to be there and had a great experience exposed to the agent world. And that was really the first quote, quote unquote formal experience back in back in 03 after after my junior year. Yeah. Uh, and you played you played at Colby, right? Although when I was doing research, I, what, there was a phrase that said um, you were uh, you had a career besieged by injuries. That's. Sorry well, I've got, I, well, yeah. I don't know if you wrote that to protect me from, uh, <laughs> you know, from from the from the results of my career. Uh, yeah, thanks for that, Craig. Um, no, yeah, I, 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 to this day, I, I haven't talked to several of, of the guys I played with. I've talked to a handful of them, and you know, I, I had a great experience. I mean, truth be told, I, I learned a lot from that experience. I, I, I probably didn't know at the time. Uh, but maybe the, some of the things I wish I would have done differently or better, whether it was working out harder, taking things more seriously to, to try and have a better, you know, college career, if you will, wasn't much of a career, but you know, it, at the time I wouldn't have realized this, but the things that I wish I could go back in time and, and redo or do differently to have not been heard or been a better player and, and had, uh, like I said, a, a better experience in terms of me feeling like I was giving it my all, I think has helped me in what I'm doing, right? Yeah, I, right I look sure. at some of the, th by accident, I look at some of the things I did well and didn't do well. And uh, again, I didn't learn how to be a, an agent in a book or in a classroom. I think it's been the collection of being around, you know, good people, great experiences, playing the game myself at a, at, you know, a, a low level, but trying to understand the culture and looking at myself in the mirror and say, well, what would I do, right? And right. and try and give that advice on to to the guys. Yeah, and so like I, I mean, you said you don't want to bore people with the details, but people do like to to know those details because I think people want to replicate it. Like you, what was your first job, and like how did how did that you line that up? Well, I did an internship uh, in '03, uh, as I mentioned, yeah. and that that parlayed into. Um, a more, you know, substantial internship and, and moved to California and uh, had a great experience there at a company and, and that group of people shifted off to another company and I was there for a long time and, you know, to this day I'm extremely proud of uh, the players and, and families that um, I'd worked with over the years and the people I'd worked with and um, amazing experiences and, yeah. and obviously... Uh, very lucky to to have had those opportunities so you were you were fairly like how old were you like you right out of college right when you're doing this yeah I, yeah i graduated in 04 okay. um and i went to europe um as sort of a graduation um present for my parents which was which is very kind and and then i went to los angeles in the summer of 2004 and, and did an, an internship there and then that uh, morphed into, like I said, a, a more substantial internship and in, into employment, and uh, and then it, it shifted. I can't believe that's geez, sixteen years ago now. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy. Crazy. Um. So it w the internship would have been IMG. Am I right? Right. Correct. Yeah. Yep. 
and then you're at CAA, and that and that's really where you learn to kind of cut your teeth. And I mean, obviously, some you know ma- major players in in the game. Like, what did you learn in that window of time as you're as you're growing? Yeah, no. As I said, it was you know I feel lucky to have worked it at at both those companies, and and like I said, with with great people, uh, great players, great families, and and it was an amazing experience. And you know, I just wanted a change, right? I think all of us in, in life sometimes need a change. And um, I'm very proud now um, working for Wasserman and and you know working with a great group of of people: Jeff Jackson, Dave Gagne, Ricky Curran, obviously Bobby Orr. Um, Rick, uh, Rick's uh, been in the business forever. Tremendous experience. You know, Bobby's Bobby. <laughs> he goes without saying. It's Bobby Orr, what you know to to say that I I'm you know in business with Bobby is special. And you know, Jeff and Dave have been remarkable. It's just been an, an amazing experience um, with with those people. You know, Michael Kern and Darren Orr as well. And you, you know, it's it's been awesome. And and you know, recently we uh, we. Um, acquired the Acme group, um, spearheaded by, you know, Marcus Leto and Simo Naranen and, and Pete Rutilli and Brett and Peterson and, and Joe. And, and it's just an amazing group of people. We've got Adam in Toronto. It's just, it's been awesome, man. It's been, it's been really awesome. It's interesting because Bobby Orr, obviously a legend in the, in the game, keeps a really low profile as, you know, which is totally understandable. Um, how much, you know, how much do you interact with Bobby? Like, how much is that a... I know you guys are in different parts of the world and all that. Yeah, I, I think the I think really the strength of our group is um, it's all amazingly collaborative, right? We just have a, a tremendous group of people with, with you know, Bobby's obviously in a, in, a, in a completely unique category, being Bobby Orr, and yet you look at the collection of people, Jeff and Dave play in the NHL, they had experience on the team side, um, Ricky Curran's been doing this, you know, for so many years, working with so many players, so much experience. You know, we we bring in um, this new group of people and, and expand to Europe, and it's just been unbelievable. So the interaction is is really fluid and, and really consistent um, as much as we all can, different time zones. We're all, you know, moving a mile a minute. But um, I think to be successful in, in this job, in this industry, it really has to be a collection of people uh, working together. I mean, look, it's no different than a, than a team culture, right? right? Everyone's right. got a little bit of a different roles, little overlapping roles, do different things and and so it's it's been awesome so i think the you know the dialogue with with everybody is is fluid and and consistent what what a part like when you talk about your role and your personality what like which part do you embrace the most i mean there's a lot of different things an agent has to do right that people probably don't even realize i i know i'm gonna get chirped by the fellas for this um but I, I love the guys man i i do you know i my you know i i i know it sounds you know cheesy cliche whatever you want to call it i'm again for sure going to get chirped for this but um i love the guys i love their families and 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 i feel lucky to be part of it you know and and so to me it's it's rewarding when you know our clients and obviously all my colleagues and partners and you know you see guys do well and you know players are are everything right um 
to us and, and seeing them do well. So I think it's it's super rewarding when you feel like you're just you're you're just a small part of the ride and you're you're helping them, you know, do what they want to do and and enjoy their own experiences, right? And and I think it's easy to be there for guys when when everything's going great. Um sometimes it's you know it's not as easy to be there when they're not. Uh and so for me the most rewarding thing is just, you know, hopefully being additive to the guys' careers and, and making even the smallest difference and in, in making them happy and having them be able to get whatever they want. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, I, hopefully I deliver more than I don't. I hope. Well, I hope so too. I mean, I would think you do. I don't know. You're not, I've never worked with you as a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as a player agent. I'll do, yeah. I'll, I'll do your next deal, Craig. Right, I'll do your next you? deal. Will you? I don't know if you're going to make as much money as you're used to. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on, uh, <laughs> a big cut there. It's not. It's it's not all about the money, Craig. It's about working with the right people, you know. But <laughs> I'm I'm ex I'm expensive, Craig. Though I'm expensive. Are you? What's so. your cut? Uh, I don't know if I I don't know if that's for public consumption. Oh, okay. All right, all right. I, I I'm not even gonna go down that path. I so and when you say that, like I can tell from like I can tell you like the first time we met, like you're very sincere when you say you um you enjoy being around the guys. Like I I think back, it was probably. I don't even know how long ago it was, 10 years ago or something. And it was one of those mm -hmm. car washes in New York and you were just running around and I didn't know you. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like it's all these players and you're running around like a, you know, a Tasmanian devil and just, and you could just tell you're enjoying it. You have that energy. And then, so I'm like, oh, and, and like when you meet you, you like you are who you are. And then I was surprised when, you know, as I got to know you better and we were just talking recently about this, like you consider yourself an introvert. Like you're like, Oh, I'm, I want to just like chill and watch a movie like that. It was, I'm surprised to hear that. Like, does that, is that a mix of like, you have to like turn it on when you're in that world and then you just go home and you're shut her down and you're exhausted or like, how do you balance that? Yeah, it's, uh, not to get personal, you know, but I like it, it cause I, I, I feel the same way. Cause I, I consider myself an introvert. I'd rather read a book than talk to people, but I also do like people and I, have to do what I have to do, right? Jeff, Jeff warned me, uh, your producer, that you're trying to make me cry. No, I'm so I, I'm glad I had a, I'm glad I had a, I'm glad I had a heads up, Craig. Uh, no, look, I, I, I know I'm a broken record, and people that know me will probably tell you that. But I, I, uh, you know, I, I'm thankful for so many things, right? I'm thankful for so many things. My family, my friends, my my colleagues, and and partners who are who are friends and. And obviously, it's it's players and their families, man. So I, I, I just always felt so lucky, right? I, I love the game, and and I think when I was given an opportunity, and and then to be around so many special players, so many guys I've learned so much from that I, you know, I still call dear friends to this day. I, I know when I was in that environment, I guess you know I, I just want to make sure, like, what can be done? How can we make guys' lives better, or lives better, rather? And and to me, it's, like, not in a book. It's just, like, I, I often ask myself, which isn't always the right thing, like, what would I want, right? Like, what would I be looking for? And, and you know, when I'm out there with the guys, I, I want to make sure I'm on my game, and, you know, they're getting better every year. I got to get better. And yet, yeah, I'm, I, I know people will probably call BS on this, but in, in many ways, I really am shy, and I am an introvert. In some ways, I'm not. Um, when I'm, you know, doing podcasts with, with people like yourself or I'm out doing what I got to do. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a homebody in many a regard and, um, obviously I like to do different things, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty simple. I think that I try and put so much energy and, and rightfully so it's what, you know, my, my clients and our clients and my, my colleagues deserve, but yeah, it's nice to just go home and 
watch Netflix and chill out and reset my brain. When you say you're shy, did you have to, was there an element of like having to overcome anything early on to kind of break through that? Because you have to be in your business, like you're going, you got, you got to win over the parents. You got to win over the girlfriend and the wife. You've got to win over the player. So shyness, you know, there's, I don't, it's, it's not a characteristic that I think would be easy in that world. No, I, I think like, I think sometimes I just, I break through that by, you know, I think of certain moments in my life where maybe, uh, and not in a poor me kind of way, but yeah. just in a, in a way where maybe I believed something and this dates back to when I was probably, you know, 13, 14 years old and different experiences, whether it was in sports or school or whatever the case was that, you know, I, I, I remember saying to myself, like, when I was very young, just, you know, the, the hardest time to believe in yourself is when no one else believes, right? So sure. I think I, I try to overcome whatever insecurity, shyness, nervousness about being in this industry by just saying, look, someone's, someone's going to be the lucky person that gets to represent great athletes, great families, and, and be in these situations. If, if I'm going to have an opportunity, I got to seize it, and I got to push through, and I got to be myself, and you know, I think in life, whether it's, again, clients, friends, anyone, I think it doesn't mean we always can't improve or get better, but I think the key is to be yourself and plow through. And I think once I start to, started to feel good in my own, my own skin and, and that I could be myself, uh, I think that really enabled me to feel free. Yeah. Did you get there right away or was it something you kind of had to grow into? Uh, I think uh, probably maybe I was cognizant of it or... or I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that question. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, maybe a combination. It's a good question. I just, I don't know the answer. That's all right. You can, yeah, that's fine. Um, all right. The last thing I want to get into, you mentioned the merging of two companies. And just from a, like a very business point of view, I, I think that can be challenging. I, and, and I want to get your perspective on how it went. So let me pause for one last break, and then we're going to get into that. All right. So Judd, you guys merged with Acme, who is that's that's another um and this this is a really inside baseball for listeners like this is like you know mm-hmm. but but it's it's interesting because it's it's this powerhouse agency i think billy zito bill zito was the founder right uh, a long time ago or one of the founders correct members. and bill is now assistant gm of the columbus blue jackets marcus uh, leto is is um probably the the senior agent there um how did when when you have a, a business and established people and all of a sudden you're merging them together? How does that work? And what like what strategies did you guys take to make sure there wouldn't be like territorial issues or or things like that? Yeah, well, I guess to go a little bit macro to micro. Yeah. I mean, our Wasserman is obviously led by Casey Wasserman, the, the founder, and a gentleman named Mike Watts, Jason Rainey, and, and Elizabeth Lindsay, and that's sort of the, the four you know, people who kind of lead the company overall and they're tremendous people and, and the company had, had, you know, long been successful as I've come to know in, in acquisitions and, and kind of putting companies together and, and it's a very smart and, and slick and, and fun culture. And so, you know, we in the hockey division were, you know, I guess kind of following suit. Um, when I joined up, you know, you know, we talked a lot about, um, as I often say, chestnut checkers and creating a strategy and, that strategy included, you know, um, developing uh, our plans in Europe, and which we are now, and working on infrastructures in Sweden, and obviously set up in Switzerland and Finland, as well as expanding our North American presence. So I think that, 
you know, going again from macro to micro and in terms of what we were doing, it was, it was, that was a vision. Um, Jeff Jackson, Dave Gagne are brilliant guys, you know, eclectic careers, former players, worked on the team side, um, other business opportunities. Jeff has a law degree. I mean, it's just, you know, those two guys on, on top of, you know, Adam Phillips, who works with us in Toronto. Um, we got Chris Moulton out in Western Canada, who's tremendous experience. Um, you know, Phil Bureau out in Quebec, and, and obviously, you know, Bobby Orr is Bobby Orr. I think it goes without saying, um, you know, it's hard to describe uh, Bobby. He's, he's a legend, and he's Bobby Orr, and, and his insight and pedigree speaks for itself. And obviously, Ricky Curran, and same thing, his time in the business, and um, Michael Curran, Darren Orr, and, and, you know, it's just a great group of people. And, and obviously, adding you know, Acme and being part of the Wasserman family with, with Marcus Leto and Simo Niranen and Pete Rutilli and, and Brett Peterson and Joe Pinter. We just, it's just a great family of people and experiences and, and there's just a lot of great resources at the company. Um, colleagues like Raleigh Gray, she, a senior executive in our, in our social media and production department. It's just a, it's just so many people involved in, in allowing us to serve our clients um, in the best way we can. So, um, the sum of all parts is, is always better than one part itself and, and really lucky to be part of a great group with, with so much experience and, and so much diverse um, um, knowledge. For, for me, and I think I'm speaking for, for the gang, um, we, it's all been seamless. You know, everyone's rowing the boat together, everyone's uh, working together, sharing ideas, being collaborative and I think, you know, the sum of all parts, right, is, is stronger than any one part unto itself. So it's, it's been really like butter. And in some ways, you know, I feel like we've been working together for forever. It's, it's been that awesome. So we, we feel like we're just getting started. And it's just sort of we're still kind of in, in our infancy in, in some regards. And, and uh, yeah, super proud to be part of a really special group of people. Did you say chestnut checkers? I did say that, Craig. I've never heard that phrase in my life. That's fine. Really? What does it mean? What is chestnut checkers? Ponder that for a second. You're a smart guy. I don't know. I don't. Do I you play no chess? Yes, I play chess. Do you play checkers? I do. What's a more rapid game? Uh, checkers. There you go. I guess you could play speed oh, chess. Oh, chestnut so checkers. This is great. This is going to be the best part of the podcast. I thought you said chestnut, like a chestnut. You said oh, chestnut no, I, checkers. I all right. I currently have a of a nut allergy, although that might be my hypochondria. I'm not okay. sure. So no, right. a chess chestnut checkers, but you can play <laughs> speed chess. So chestnut checkers. This is good. You know. All right, I'm glad I clarified that. I would have been thinking about chestnut checkers for for a long time. So so it, it so again for the listener, um, I would say Acme was known for, and you might have to correct me, but they have a lot of Finnish clients. Like they're probably really well established in Finland, right? Mm-hmm. So. So when you're trying to grow a business and you're in these in your brainstorming sessions, I guess that's one way. You get into Finland, you go, okay, Acme is maybe the best at what they do in Finland. We're going to buy Acme. How do you also make inroads in like Sweden and these other countries without just going out and buying companies? Like, do you try to find other agents that are there, or what's what's the typical strategy when you're talking about growth? That's a great question that I'm just not going to answer. Because, oh, come on. Ugh. You know, it took this long uh, you know, to it, shoot down. It, it, All right. I just want to, I just, you know, I, I, you know, I can say a lot of things. I can't tell you everything, Craig. All right. You don't want to give out your growth secrets? I mean, I mean, I wish I was still growing myself physically, <laughs> but I, I mean, it's a different, 
It's a different. It's a different story. Uh, no, I, I, I look. I, I guess I can answer it by saying, you know, we we talk internally. We think deeply about about what we're trying to do. You know, what what our goals are, which is ultimately to keep on, you know, trying to get you know the best players. Um, uh, treat all the players yeah. we have the best the best way we can and and that's where you know that's where we're lucky right it, it, we're lucky to have now this more expansive group as I've mentioned now a couple times with different backgrounds different professional experiences you know from different countries like it it all makes us stronger and then you know you add the you add layers of the onion um, by being part of such an amazing company you know like for instance, we, you know, Wasserman's got a, a division called the Collective, which is, you know, championing women in sports, executives, professionals, athletes, and that's that's interesting, you know, interesting knowledge to get different perspectives on things from from different colleagues who maybe don't know anything about hockey, right? Yeah. Or or social media expertise or marketing. So, you know, you kind of fuse all the amazing resources of the company into our quote unquote, you know. Um, knowledge of the hockey business and you mix all that up together and then you start to think like okay well, what can we do what should we do the specificity craig sorry i can't get into but i hope that answers your question a little bit mm, no i don't know if it did good i didn't want to answer your question so <laughs> mission accomplished oh my gosh all right all right so to wrap up like I, I'm always curious when you're in a in, like you're somebody who's I mean clearly ambitious and you want to grow and you want to get better. Like, what do you are you person? Do you lean on other people in the business to, to like mentor you? Are you a reader? Are you a you mentioned you know you have different divisions within the company you can learn from people within. Like, what's your strategy to kind of grow in in your profession? It's that it's it's again um, certainly should get teased for this, but I, yeah. I you know. Players get better every year. They change their training. They they look at nutrition. They work on their shot. They work on their saves, if you will. You can see what a goalie connoisseur I am. Uh, you know that we have to get better as a group. So for me personally, I'm I feel extremely lucky to just be surrounded by a tremendous group of people. You know, from from Jeff, um, who's a who's a, a brilliant guy, has an eclectic professional experience. Dave Gagne as well, extremely intelligent guy, an amazing experience as an NHL player, amazing insight. You know, those guys worked on the team side. Bobby Orr, I don't know how to describe Bobby except that he's Bobby and he's, you know, his experience, his, his opinions is, is it's, you know, uh, there's no word, even I don't have words for it. And he mixed in Ricky and then our new guys and the, the people at the company. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to pull from everybody, right? I, I, you know, we're, I like to think we're, we're one call away from, from anything, right? And if, if, if I can't do it slash we can't do it, then no one can. So for me, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to tap into, you know, anyone I can internally or anyone that I think can, can make us as a group better. And if we're better, I, I like to think we'll do, we'll do better for our clients and, and their families. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've gotten along the way? Whew. Jeez, good question, Craig. Uh, best piece of advice. I don't know that there's one best piece of advice. I think that there's a lot of different moments in life. Maybe you need different advice. I, I think some of the things that stand out, um, I can be an emotional person. Um, I can be the way I am. I, my older sister, I give a lot of credit. She had, you know, told me something a long time ago. You know, sometimes I, you know, act on intellect, not on emotion. Um, that's that's really, 
stuck with me and, and been something that goes in my head. And, and I guess, you know, uh, I, I've been so lucky to be around so many good people in my life that it, it's, hard to, it's hard to say one thing. I, I guess what I would say to people, which I try and apply, which is probably, you know, in aggregate is, and have you heard me say this about the, about the fellas and, and I'll continue to say it, you got to be yourself. Yeah. You always got to be yourself. And that doesn't mean, again, that, that people don't need to improve or refine or, or alter. I mean, but you got to stay true to yourself. And, and for me, what I'm big on is don't let somebody else tell you what you're capable of. And don't let somebody else tell you what your boundaries are. You know, if you believe in something, you got to do it. And you're not going to please everybody along the way. Um, you got to believe in yourself. And again, yeah. when, when it's hard and it's hard to believe in yourself sometimes, but you gotta, you gotta stay with it. And life's a roller coaster, right? There's, there's good days and bad days and everything in between and, and being consistent and, and, and staying focused and not getting distracted. All things are easier said than done. You got to do it. Yeah. And all that wrapped into one. So, uh, is that a is that a convoluted enough answer for no, you, Craig? Or? There was a lot in there, Judd, and I actually I actually like that might have been my favorite answer from you. I love your sisters. Act on intellect and not emotion. What is your is your sister a lawyer too? Is she part of the family? She is. Yeah, she is. What was that part of like? Um, were you going through something, or was that just something she just felt? I love no, that thing. It's it's yeah. awesome. No, it's it's awesome. I've been lucky. I'm I'm the baby. I'm a, my my brother's yeah. in the middle. Brad and Kimmy is my our oldest. And yeah, I'm lucky to have great siblings, great parents, and I I pull from them. Right, I'm the youngest. And and no, it was it it wasn't in the context of of going through anything. It's just you know I'm the baby by a by a pretty wide margin. And my brother yeah. and sister have had you know they're eight and eleven years older than me. Not to not to date them, but I I've I've been lucky. You know to have you know just different nuggets my dad my mom other people you know i'm learning from players i mean i just pull from everywhere i can but and that was one that really that really resonated with me and and everything i do I, you know work and otherwise yeah and i know and then something else in the second part of that you said you know you have to have faith in yourself and i and i could tell how you like you breeze through whatever it was 16 or 17 years and you fast forwarded you probably don't want to dive into this too much but you did have to make a bet on yourself and going to Wasserman and, and leaving CAA was that how are you a risk take, risk taker by nature or was that something you were like it was nerve nerve wracking that's a big decision um I don't know if I'm a risk taker I, I certainly don't seem I, I don't see myself as a as a risk taker maybe I am I certainly don't see it that way yeah um look like like I said you know amazing experiences very very lucky uh feel very fortunate all around professionally personally in my life um i don't know i, I don't know how to answer it except to say that i i was you know wanted a, a new challenge in my life um and needed a change and here i am um i, I don't know what else i can say about it did you and, and like I've you know I've gone through I think and I've talked to people that have gone through similar things where you, like having that new challenge can be invigorating can be stressful um, and and did you know have you found it to be all of those things? Yeah, no, no question. I mean, there's no question. Ah, stressful, maybe um, invigorating for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess you could say in, in any you know in in some regards, you know, there's always emotions and, and when you make changes in life and that's the way, that's the way it goes. But, 
I don't know. I, I guess I don't think that deeply about it. Uh, to be honest, I I just <laughs> you sincerely don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm an overanalyzer, so I'm the opposite. So I, I I'm jealous of that. I I feel well, like I would gain from not thinking too much about things. Well, I don't want to be a I don't want to be a, a hypocrite in the yeah. sense that I'm I'm a pretty analytical guy myself, yeah. and I yeah. you know I'm I'm a bit obsessive about some things, and, and yeah, I you, you know so I don't want to act like I'm you know you know how I am I don't want to act like I'm I'm not analytical because that's just right. untrue. I would say about myself though, no, I I think again there's been some moments in my life, and maybe there'll be others in just in different contexts that you know when I want something whether it was wanting to get a dog when I was younger which I didn't get but there's different reasons for that that's more of an allergy thing but you know I, I just put blinders on like I'm yeah, blacking yeah. out right now I'm not, I'm not going to remember anything I said to you right, right now and I'm when I'm in the moment I'm like okay like here's where I want to you know here's where I want to go here's what I want to do whether it's for a client or for myself and I'm going to do it and you know I I um I can't I couldn't be happier in my life right now I I'm so lucky to be in business with the people I'm in business with. I'm so lucky to to represent the players that that I represent, that we represent as a group. And it's 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 been a ride, man. And and I just like I said, I'm 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 humbled to be on this show. And it doesn't mean, Craig, that I don't have my the way I am. I do believe in myself. I'm not yeah. trying to put on some you know facade like I'm a you know, nicey nice in that way. And, and like everything's, you know, rosy all the time. No, but I, you know, you, you have to do things that you believe in and, and here I am. Awesome. Well, Judd, that's it. Thanks for doing this. Unless we want to talk about my next contract at the athletic. Should we have that up? Like I said, like I said, it depends. I'm, <laughs> I'm expensive, Craig, but we'll see. We'll see if we can. We'll see if we can build your brand. We'll see if we can. We can build your brand. We'll try. I think, I think we'll I'm try. overexposed as it is right now. I don't think we need to build the brand any more than it already is. My goodness. You do a pretty good. You do a pretty good job. Maybe we can get you some equity in the athletic. What do you think about that? <laughs> oh. oh, we'll talk later. Hey, appreciate the inclusion. Thank, thanks for having me, Craig. It's, it's awesome. Appreciate it. Take care. I want to thank Judd for joining the podcast. Judd, I, I've known Judd a long time, and he is um, a, a tour de force in the world of hockey and the urgent business. He's got a ton of energy. We've, I've even debated if I really believe he is truly an introvert and if he truly is shy. And he's convinced me he is. So as someone who I'm also have kind of those qualities, I, I think I believe it, but... He, Great guest, great insight, and I truly appreciate Judd for doing that. I'm glad we were able to finally pull it off. Um, before we wrap up, a couple things I want to plug. Um, John Davidson, another great talker, holy cow, uh, president of the New York Rangers, is joining the Two Man Advantage podcast, which should be a fantastic conversation. A little bit of news in New York, and um, exciting time for Rangers fans, and JD is always a great guest. And also make sure you're listening to Two Man Advantage every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs because Scott Burnside is doing a daily playoff edition. And also, while I'm plugging our podcast at The Athletic, um, you should be subscribing to all of them, rating all of them, reviewing all of them. But Bill Guerin, GM of the Minnesota Wild, joins Mike Russo. If Mike Russo, I just wish he could get good guests and and powerful people in the organization. Uh, Bill Guerin is joining straight from the source, or has joined, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, Mike Russo's podcast 
Um, last thing, make sure you check out the comment section for each of our podcast episodes on the Athletic app. We have so much coverage right now with the lottery and the playoffs and the podcasts. Make sure you're doing that. If you want to support the writers and the staff at The Athletic, that is the number one way to do it. And also enjoy all of the content. So that's it. Thanks again to John Mildaver for joining the podcast from Austin. And thank you for listening and have a great week.